0: On O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Putkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas.
1: I don't pay any attention to it. it any, any year you're coaching at a school like Nebraska or any of these schools in the Big Ten, there's going to be pressure to win. And, um, you know, we certainly were playing catch up with a lot of teams for a long time. I think we've done a good job closing the gap, had our chances to win a lot more games than we have. It, it's our time to do it. And, the pressure doesn't change. Uh, for the most part, we've been doing it the right way. Uh, it just hasn't led to the results we want yet. Um, this year is going to be different. Man, he sell you there? I, it was hard for me to focus in on the message. I want you to play that again. And. Th- and think to yourself, it's Trent Smith, former Oklahoma tight end, talking. I don't pay any attention to it. it any, any year you're coaching at a school like Nebraska or any of these schools in the Big Ten, there's going to be pressure to win. And
0: That sounds um, identical no. to not, Trent Smith.
1: Not just the
0: voice, but how they'll like break up a sentence, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At first,
1: yeah. I was like, hang on a second. Uh, Trent Williams
0: or Trent, well, Trent Smith probably could have won more games at Nebraska. Oh, no, uh, yeah,
1: well, yeah you may be right. You may be right. Um, yeah, I'm sold. Why not?
0: Because they are three and nine and can't figure out a way to win a close game. That's
1: uh, why. Yeah, that is true.
0: Isn't it kind of funny though that we're talking about a team that was. Three and nine last year, and don't give me the Well, I mean, every game they played was a one, (laughs) you know, possession game. I yes, we know. But isn't it crazy that we're talking about a team OU plays next? We think OU's gonna be good. I think you and I think they're going to the playoff. They're gonna play a team that was three and nine last year, and we're semi worried about
1: winning the football game. Mm, Well, so what are you saying, that we shouldn't be worried at all no, about winning I, the football No, game? I'm
0: just pointing out how funny it is that a team that was 3-9 and nine last year were like, it's going
1: to come down the final two minutes of the game.
0: Just hope oh, you can make enough plays to win in the final two minutes. Yeah, It's almost well, the attitude of that, that game.
1: Yeah. I, I I think Nebraska's going to be better this year. I think they're going to be – I think they're going to be um, – they're going to be a different team than they were a year ago. I think Adrian Martinez, he didn't fit that system great. But he performed pretty good considering like the way they called plays, like what they had around him. I think he's going to be far better suited for Kansas State than he was Nebraska. Could be wrong about that. Maybe – Maybe he's, you know, a guy turnover prone, whatever, but the Thompson kid, he's a pretty good player now. He's a better thrower than Adrian Martinez, don't you think?
0: Uh yeah. Yeah. I think he is I don't think Casey Thompson is elite by any stretch, though he did look elite last year against Owen <laughs> OU. O- right. <laughs> uh but yeah, I, I think that he's more capable in the passing game than Adrian Martinez is. I think that's definitely fair to say.
1: Let me ask you this. Where does he rank for quarterbacks in the Big Ten?
0: Adrian Martin – or, uh, t- uh, geez, Casey Thompson uh, yeah. behind C.J. Stroud. Okay. Oh, gosh. Then who else definitively can you say is a better quarterback than him without running through all the names and wasting everyone's time? He's, I don't he's know. He's a top-five quarterback. That's
1: what I'm saying yeah. is, like, they've gone from – you know, Adrian Martinez, which maybe he was maybe he's better than he got credit for up there because all things are not equal. Uh, everyone's not playing with the same people around him. but I, I, think, I think that Thompson gives them something that they haven't had in a while, as far as a, a guy that's that's a, a known passer, athletic enough to do some things on the ground. He, he, could, he could be good for them. The, no. only,
0: the only issue for Nebraska, and I'll admit I don't know the answer to this, my guess would be probably no, is I think what Casey Thompson does probably better than anything, I think he throws the deep ball well. At least he threw the deep ball well against OU last year. But to have success down the field, you got to have a quarterback that can throw the goal ball, but you got to have a wide receiver out there that's an electric playmaker and get behind the defense. And I don't remember Nebraska having that guy last year.
1: And you got to be able to protect it. Yeah. And you got to be able to run the football in order to both dictate some coverages that'll allow you to take those shots and allow you to be a little more aggressive as a play caller. Uh, you can call something like that on. First and 10, you know, maybe you get a good punt return out to the 40-yard the line. So fill position, you're in a good spot. You can call something like that on first and 10. It's not a high percentage shot, but, you know, if, if you've been running the ball well, first down, they give you a look that you like, and you can take a shot, maybe a double move or something, and try something like that. If you're not running the ball well, you're not going to get those coverages, and you're not going to be able to call plays aggressively because there's no way you can come back from 2nd and 10.
0: Sure. Help me uh, kind of formulate this thought. And and this could, be, this could be a crap thought right here. Just kind of bear with me, all right? Um, we just played a clip of Scott Frost talking about yeah. his job security and what he has to do this year. Obviously, he's aware that this is a make-or-break season for him. If he doesn't win, he's going to get fired. I feel like OU being their first big game of the year, that's it could play a massive role in what kind of season Nebraska has. I think OU will be facing a desperate football team, and I think they'll be facing a desperate head coach in that game. I need you to help me take it a step further and try and figure out what that means. Are they going to call plays like a desperate football team with a desperate head coach? Are they going to take some chances that they normally wouldn't? What is that going to look like if I'm right? And if they go to that game knowing, oh, God, we got to win this game or else.
1: Well, I think a lot of that depends on what does Oklahoma look like um, up to that point. Did they win their first two games Uh Sixty to zero. No, <laughs>
0: this is Nebraska we're talking. <laughs> no, no, about. no, I'm saying it. Well, how
1: oh, it depends oh, okay. on how Oklahoma
0: uh, looks. Yeah, I mean, maybe pretty close.
1: If Oklahoma's offense is like looks incredible, they're going to have to get. They're going to have to get um, really aggressive, and you'll probably see some of that in the play calling. If OU has, um, not limped out of the gate, but I. There could be. It, it's hard to know what what Coach Venable's and Jeff Lebby offensively are going to want to accomplish the first couple of games. Sometimes just going out there and you know throwing the ball and running it up on easy give me plays against a team like UTEP, it doesn't do you any any good, other than padding some stats. I, you know, it's sometimes it's better. To to work some things that you know aren't going to be home runs that you know uh, maybe you're going right into the teeth of of the strongest point of what they've got but you got to work some of those things to develop your offense and actually get get better during that game but I I think that I think that they'll be more definitely be more aggressive than what they typically have been yeah. and that's why they brought in Whipple from Pitt who throws the ball all over the yard.
0: Well, they better be uh, they better be successful in the risks that they take because with this offense and as fast as it can go, I feel like this is an OU offense to where if you take some gambles early on and they don't work out, Buddy can snowball up on you quickly. So that's the risk that Nebraska runs with, you know, trying to be uber aggressive and doing some things early in the game. Right. Interesting games for, uh, from a lot of angles. Hey, um, what's your bold recruiting take that we just – magically ran up to at the top of the hour
1: and you didn't you never gave a bold recruiting take what was um
0: travis is uh that they're gonna flip four other they're gonna flip four players by the second signing day
1: that's like players that have committed elsewhere Uh uh-huh yeah four yeah Jeez. by the second signing day well just
0: yeah yeah by the time this cycle's over
1: did parker thune have one uh, I don't think that he ever did
0: actually, but come on, we get bold recruiting takes every single day on locked in from two to three.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yours please. I think that Oklahoma will get one five-star defensive lineman and then another five-star defensive lineman. Hmm.
0: What you're basically saying is you think that they get DJ Hicks and you think PJ Atabare gets elevated to a five-star, which it's half of a strong take. I don't think it's a super strong take to say that Adabare is going to end up as a five-star. No,
1: no, 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 no. Who? Not at, I'm not talking about Atabare getting a, a fifth-star.
0: Who, LeBlanc? Yeah. You, you think he'll end up getting a fifth-star?
1: Yeah, I thought he was a five-star. No,
0: 247, he's a four-star.
1: Is he a composite
0: though? Uh, I don't. I don't think he's a composite five star. Oh,
1: okay, I thought he was. Okay, then a high four star <laughs> and a five star.
0: Okay, all right. Maybe he ends up being a five star. Okay. Yeah. Strong recruiting take. Okay. Oh. Okay. You seriously think that they're going to land David Hicks, or you just you just throw on that take out there? Like what? What makes you think that they're going to land David Hicks when it's all said and done? Number one defensive lineman in this
1: class. I I just I, – I, why did they bring Bates here? Uh, to coach. And?
0: Uh, probably to recruit.
1: Yeah. I just think they've got something good going right now. I do. I think the way – I think Brent Venable's message sells. Now, you know, they're going to be up against – the NIL stuff. I mean, that's just how it is. They're going to be up against that, um, but I think the way he's approaching it, they're going to sell some guys on what they've got, what they've got going here. And I don't know. That's just it. It may not come true. It's just you wanted a, a recruiting yeah. hot take or bold take. It, it is a bold take. Now, it
0: is interesting if it comes down to OU and A and M for five-star defensive lineman David Hicks, and it kind of feels like that's going to be the case, it is NIL versus culture. <laughs> like that, Those are the two cells that he's going to be getting the most. Right. I mean, which one do you, which one do you value the most?
1: Right. Well.
0: Let's hope it's culture at the end, because what a massive recruiting win that would be if OU ends up getting a five-star defensive lineman in this class. Right. That, that, that'll – Oh, OU will have an elite. They're already going to have a really good class. That'll make it an elite class if they land him.
1: That's exactly
0: and right. And the message that it sends is this uh, this program is back to recruiting elite defensive talent, which I think that we've seen with this year's class, that that's already proven to be true. I'm probably going to get Derek LeBlanc tomorrow out of the state of Florida, four-star defensive lineman. They get David Hicks, though, then it's really like, uh-oh, here comes OU.
1: Yeah. Um what are they saying about the LeBlanc kid? Um, yeah, and I know I know there's there's a good chance they've they're going to possibly get him here, but um, Florida is that the other school? OU, Florida,
0: Penn State, I think are the final three there. Um, but yeah, I think he's from Kissimmee, Florida, is where he hails. But there's the the crystal balls are all pointing towards OU right now. Nice, you should feel good about it.
1: Well, um, I feel good about it and i if they were able to pull off hicks the LeBlanc kid and then adabare gets that fifth star whoo well they
0: got a there's another four star edge player out of the state of utah uh akana yeah maybe trending well for him too yeah he's a top 100 player yep i yep. i i i mean it's just not. It has not taken them long to get in on elite defensive players. Maybe right. that shouldn't be all that surprising, but it, they haven't coached a game yet, and they're already in on some kids that they haven't been in in, um, in on in a while.
1: Yeah, and the big thing is the the guy the the schools they're going up against and winning some of these battles is really impressive, right? It's 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 guys that. Or at schools that we used to not really even try to engage with. You know what no, I'm saying? No, I mean, you,
0: OU and Alabama, I don't think it's anything new to see them go head-to-head for a prospect, but it seemed like it was a running back, you know, an offensive skill player most of the time. Now you're seeing a lot, a lot of OU commits with Bama offers on the defensive side of the ball, and that's what you're saying. We mm-hmm. haven't seen that in quite some time.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that's fascinating. Four flips, like that's rare. Uh, I'm eh, Is it rare
0: in, in in these days of recruiting?
1: Uh, maybe not. But man, I wonder who does uh, he- his
0: his take. And I can see it. Is you know people see what this program looks like once OU starts playing. Wow! That look at way. Look at how they look defensively. Look at how they look offensively, and I do think that that could be OU's strongest recruiting pitch, or one of their strongest pitches, is once they actually get out on the field and what it looks like. You know, because right. you're you're selling kind of what you hope it can be. You're mean, sell- but when it actually comes to fruition in front of everyone's eyes, then yeah, I, I think that that's going to make a big difference.
1: Yeah, which like. Specifically, you got a guy like by Joe, who lives right here in Norman, that has never seen a game with, with Venables as, as the coach. And if that team starts to pull off something impressive and looks really good, and we know what this community gets like whenever they've got a team that they feel like is, is, uh, is that good. And that, yeah, that could that could possibly change your mind a little uh, bit.
0: A ton of text to get to. Let's at least get to three before we hit a break, and we'll hit the rest on the other side. Bold take for college football season. Brian Harson wins at least eight games at Auburn this year, then says bye, Felicia, and goes to Arizona State.
1: Hmm. ASU going to get uh, get rid of Herm Edwards? Uh,
0: yes. Yeah, that seems inevitable. Probably in the middle of the year. I'm trying to find eight games uh, for Auburn on the schedule. They're going to have to win some swing games, like Penn State at home, LSU at home, and at Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, Penn State—that's a test. Uh, what do you think of LSU this year? Is there?
0: I think they're the biggest unknown in the SEC. Yeah. Um,
1: There's going to be they, talent there. Man, they've
0: got a quarterback that's played. I mean, Jaden Daniels is a talented player, but I just what that staff is going to be like LSU I, I don't think LSU can win the SEC. But can LSU be the third best team in the conference behind Bama and Georgia? If everything goes right, sure. But right. they're they're a wild card man. Do you do you get you got a good idea on what no. LSU's gonna be?
1: No, but I know I, I think they put together a pretty good staff. Um I know that you know Kelly's background is development. I mean, they haven't always been able to recruit uh, at you know just the the highest of high levels. Whenever he was at Notre Dame, but uh, m- my guess is he's walking in and looking at that roster after being on a a really good or coaching a really good team. He's going to walk in and look at that roster and be like, "Dang, we got some dudes on yeah.
0: here." Uh, real quick, Auburn's SEC road schedule this year: they're at Georgia, at Ole Miss. At Mississippi State, at Alabama. Whew.
1: Yeah. That's uh That's a beast of an SEC road schedule. That's brutal.
0: Uh okay, two more. Would you be more comfortable with Dylan Gabriel or Casey Thompson as your starting quarterback next year? With all due respect to Casey Thompson, that one's not close for me.
1: I yeah, I'd take I take Dylan Gabriel.
0: Yeah. And the more that I find out about Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I'm more comfortable with his overall skill set as a player, but then you kind of add in what type of dude he is and seemingly what kind of leader he is offensively, which is what they need at the quarterback position right now. That, to me, is what really makes him invaluable.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I take Dylan Gabriel over Thompson any day, and maybe that's because I haven't been able to – to see any of the mistakes or uh, bad habits or ugly plays that maybe you get from Dylan Gabriel, but you know, and, and it is going to be a step up in competition for him. But I think he's got. Uh, I I think for him the step up in competition isn't going to be nearly as as difficult to to try and uh, maneuver around or get used to because he's also. It's not like UCF is all of a sudden in the Big 12. He went to a team that has a fantastic roster, and he's surrounded by great players. So it's not just all on him.
0: We showed up for a pillow fight against Nebraska last year, and they showed up for a bar fight. This year we show up for the bar fight and spank the Huskers by three touchdowns.
1: Could happen.
0: You get up on them early, it can definitely happen.
1: Could happen. Can't
0: let them uh, control the tempo and the time of possession like they did a year ago, though.
1: Yeah, it'll be way more difficult. Like That's not going to really fit Quipple's style. Um, like They threw the ball a ton last year at Pitt whenever he was the offensive coordinator. So a little bit harder to manage the clock uh, with that style of offense. But you're right. You get up on them early. They become uh, totally one-dimensional, yeah, especially if you're playing good, solid defense. All right, quick timeout, more from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the Air Comfort Solutions text line 651-3439.
0: The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers are bringing you our number two of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Let's roll through some of these bold takes we've got on the text line. Ron in Fort Worth says, "My bold take: Tennessee beats Bama in October." Oh, there we go. That would be bold. It has not happened since two thousand and six. Who cares? That's no. I'm saying it's that's why it's bold. It hasn't happened since oh six.
1: I know. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it could happen if they lost to Texas A&M last year. They could lose to Tennessee this year. And is that one in Knoxville? That one is.
0: Let's see. Searching,
1: searching.
0: I'm gonna say it's in Knoxville this it year. It is
1: nice. October 15th, Knoxville.
0: You want to go to the game? I'm sure your your buddy Josh Heupel could get his tickets.
1: Well, don't we have a game that day?
0: Nah, it'll be fine. Oh. Isn't it who who's it against? It's the uh the fifteenth, it's the week after OU, Texas.
1: Yeah, it probably won't matter. Yeah, we let, let's do it. Maybe we could do a twofer. We'll kick off at eleven. You know that's gonna happen. <laughs> and
0: this it'll be a Seven, prime time. Seven yeah. thirty in
1: Knoxville. We can yeah. make it.
0: Nine one eight bold take. Teddy will join the coaching staff.
1: Well, what's the um you have to put an end date on that. You can't just leave that open ended.
0: He's gonna he's gonna join the soul staff.
1: Yeah, soul mission, baby.
0: OU loses to Nebraska, then wins out, wins Big Twelve, and makes the playoff. I'll take that right now if you're offering it. Actually, no, I don't want to lose to Nebraska. And the uh takes that would come from uh losing to a team that was three and nine the previous year.
1: Yeah. It would be that early in the season. When you've only beat Kent State and UTEP, if you dropped a game to Nebraska, the next couple of weeks could be difficult.
0: Yeah. Well, and then uh, it says wins the Big 12, you know, wins out and makes the playoffs. Could you imagine the committee with one loss, OU sitting there with a loss to 4 8 Nebraska? I don't know. Because even if Nebraska beats OU, it's not like they're rolling to a 9-3 and three season or anything like that.
1: No, it's going to look good because ESPN's FPI has picked Nebraska <laughs> to win the uh, the West of the Big Ten.
0: Who wins more this year, Nebraska or Tejas? Who won more last year? Oh. Texas by two games. Nebraska was 3-9, and nine, Texas was 5-7. and seven. Both of their win total combined did not really get all that close to OU's.
1: Um, Texas is Texas schedule tougher than Nebraska's.
0: Um, their non-conference isn't, but their conference probably is.
1: Yeah. Because Texas has, Texas will win
0: more games in Nebraska this year. You think so? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think it's going to be a, a, by a wide margin, but I think Texas will win more games. And honestly, they should. I mean, come on. That's not asking a whole lot.
1: Texas plays teams that are, are, in my opinion, as of right now, definitely better than Texas. Alabama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I'd like to put Kansas State on there, but can't. And Baylor. They play four teams, in my opinion, that they should be underdogs to. And I, I don't know how many Nebraska plays because they maybe you could say that they should be an underdog to everyone, but I don't know. You're probably right. Full prediction
0: OU will go undefeated this year. What a championship and average sixty points per game. Hey, I like that one.
1: Yeah. Dude, I don't I'm I'm still looking at Nebraska. They should beat Northwestern. I don't know who UND is. They should beat them. That is uh, North
0: Dakota, not Notre Dame.
1: Should beat Georgia Southern. They should beat Indiana, Rutgers. They should beat Purdue. They should beat Illinois. Uh, Minnesota?
0: Well, dude, do the same thing with their last five years. And you'd be like, well, they should beat Purdue. They should beat Illinois. They should beat Minnesota. Right? They haven't beat any of those teams. Remember Illinois? They lost. They lost. They were getting destroyed by Illinois in week one or week zero last year, I guess.
1: They got destroyed. I thought they should have won that game. They, they missed came that extra back. Point.
0: They came back and almost, but they were getting yeah. beat pretty soundly there for a while.
1: They should win eight games next year. Oh, don't do that. Now I'm not saying they will, but they should. They could win eight games next year and beat absolutely nobody.
0: Well, they've beaten absolutely nobody the past four years. He's been there. I'm not saying Nebraska should win eight games.
1: They could. They could win eight games. And the best team that they will have beaten is Minnesota. <laughs> yeah,
0: they may want to be in the top 25. Bold prediction, OU has a top five defense. Ooh. That is a bold prediction.
1: Man. Ugh.
0: Now, I'm not super terrified of very many or really any of the offenses that OU is going to face this year, but still, top five, that is. That's, and, and top five is going to be tough with – the pace that they're going to play at offensively. You really went into deep thought there. You leaned all the way back, eyes closed, really trying to come up with a thought there.
1: If Let's just say they're in the Big 12 this year and next year. and I don't care about the year following. We'll just say this year and next year. This is the year to have – a top-five defense. Quinn Ewers, you're getting him on the front half of his freshman season, right? Yep. Uh, Texas Tech brought the dude from Western Kentucky that's done a lot of really good things, throwing the football. Year one under them. Those offenses are going to put up huge yards. They're not going to beat you, but they're going to put up huge yards. You get them before they get to like really install who they want as quarterback, and they're still learning it. Same thing at TCU, all right? That that style of offense is going to put up yards and points and throw it all over the yard. They're not going to beat you, but they're going to do uh, they're going to make plays offensively. You get them in year one. Um, hey, you get the shaping kid at Baylor in year one as a starter. You get the Deckers kid at Iowa State. Upper Deckers. In year one as a starter. So, and you've got... You've got a non-conference that is... You know, you should be able to to manage it pretty good points-wise. I know Kent State has been one of the top offenses in the country every year for like the last five years. But, and I'm not sure if they lost any of their coaches. But... When they play Power 5 teams, that do, it just doesn't happen. Sure.
0: Uh, our offense finishes higher than USC. Uh, yeah, I don't even think that's a bold prediction. I think that's going to happen. Bold prediction, OU has more games that don't start before noon than <laughs> games that do. Uh, bold prediction, Parker will buy the Ford Fusion from Teddy. Nice. I'm rooting for that to happen, by the way. Bold take, Kansas wins a conference game that isn't Texas.
1: Ooh. There's some people starting to... To come around on Kansas a little bit.
0: Uh, bold take. Javante Barnes rushes for 230 against Texas. One of those being an 85-yard touchdown. Wow.
1: If Javante Barnes rushes for 230 against Texas.
0: I will proclaim that he's going to win the Heisman Trophy on the Monday after. You know I will. You know how I operate. You know I'll say that. I Hell, I'll say it in the post-game show.
1: If he does that. OU, well, yes, you will definitely say it in the postgame show. You may say it before halftime. <laughs> um, OU beats them by like four touchdowns. One of those type of blowout games. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Wouldn't that be just so awesome in his first yeah. time back to OU? Because the last time he coached in an OU Texas game, you know what happened? Huh?
1: Yes. How's that I do. memory of
0: yours? We played the game yesterday. Let's see how good your memory is. Uh,
1: that game would have been 2011. Um,
0: you don't have to tell me the final score. It was a it was a blowout. I mean, OU beat them down. Oh, that, they that did. Day. Okay, they beat them down. Um, in eleven and twelve back to back years.
1: Okay, I couldn't remember. I um, I started covering the team in twelve. So what happened in eleven? I have no idea. None.
0: Well, you. Well, no. Uh, I know.
1: I. I know I started watching them a And M on.
0: Yeah, well, that that yeah, yeah you. You we know they you played were, Iowa were in terrible the terrible luck for uh, Ryan Broyles. So yeah, glad that you brought that jinx along with. First
1: post game I ever did at OU was uh, Ryan. Broyles. Here's the deal.
0: Um, I know you don't remember anything from that Insight Bowl game against Iowa yeah, except they're... for one thing. You yeah. remember the one thing. Mm-hmm. What do you remember?
1: The one thing. The uh, the camera fall. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what we all remember. That's it.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I think Blake Bell won the uh, MVP of that bowl game.
1: Which, really? Awkward. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next.
0: It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment "What Caught Teddy's Eye." Let's get to it. Story number one is
1: first of all, quick shout out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the business over there. Does an outstanding job. Um, I guess the um, the negotiations have ramped up between the United States of America and Russia. I saw this over. Um, a possible prisoner swap for Brittany Griner. Um, Looks like U.S. foreign minister is um, in in discussions or they're going to have a meeting, and it looks like what most people are saying, there could be a a prisoner swap. Brittany Griner and...
0: A player to be named later?
1: (laughs) A a businessman to be named later, Paul Whelan. uh, Don't know anything about him. Uh, But possibly a a prisoner swap to get them back over here. Now, here's the thing. I don't want Brittany Griner to be in a Russian prison. But. First of all, she's not being wrongly held. She broke one of the rules or laws of that country. All right. We may think it's harsh. But. You can't say she's being held inappropriately. The other thing is, did you see who the prisoner swap is for? Uh,
0: No, I did did not. I didn't get this deep in the weeds on it.
1: A Russian arms dealer.
0: That that seems fair.
1: His name's Victor Bout. He's known as the Merchant of Death. He's currently serving a 25-year sentence in the U.S. He was convicted of a conspiracy in 2011... For his involvement in plotting to kill U.S. citizens. And the Russian government wants him back.
0: Where are we going to meet the Russians to do this prisoner exchange? Where's, Iceland? Where's neutral territory? Iceland, you think? Yeah.
1: I say we make the prisoner uh, that's here, the uh, prisoner or the merchant of death, swim from Alaska to Russia. Well, i
0: just do it at Sarah Palin's house. Didn't she say that she could see Russia from her
1: backyard? Yeah. Sure. Just do it there. But is it really worth... Bringing home Brittany Griner and releasing the merchant of death who's in prison for plotting to kill U.S. citizens? She
0: does give you 20 and 10 on a nightly basis. You have to factor that in. Uh,
1: I, I'm shocked that I'm the only one that thinks that's insane. <laughs> I got a feeling that it, is insane. I
0: got a feeling the text line is going to echo your sentiments.
1: Oh, I I just, I could not believe that. Um, other thing I had, did, did you see Aaron Rodgers show up to training camp?
0: Yeah, he looked like Con Air. Yeah. He's dressed up as uh, Nick Cage from Con Air. He's, I wonder he's if he can awesome. do the
1: horrible southern accent like <laughs> Nick Cage. That's my daughter.
0: <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Uh, It's so good. Um, I have the all-name team for college football, according to 24-7 Sports. And our guy, General Booty, is listed as the quarterback of the all-name team. Um, Jager Bull is the tight end. Boogie Knight is one of the wide receivers from (laughs) ULM. Nebraska does have a wide receiver on here, DeColdest Crawford. D.E.
1: Coldest. Yeah. Crawford. Did he wasn't he like at Alabama or something? Did he transfer out of Alabama? He was at
0: uh he was a longtime LSU commit. LSU, okay. Yeah, I think is, is what that was. L V Bunkley Shelton, another OU guy, was on the list at wide receiver. So nice. um OU has two guys on the all name list, which is one more than the all Big Twelve preseason list.
1: Yeah. That's
0: They've got better <laughs> names than players, according to the uh, the the preseason list. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Nothing wrong with that.
0: The Madden rankings are out, and I went through and looked at uh, where several OU guys what their rating is in the game. Mark Andrews is at a 93. Ooh, nice. Hollywood is at an 84. Jalen Hurts is at a 74. Bake just at a 77. Okay. Kyler is at an 84, but his speed is a 92.
1: What's uh, uh, Hollywood Brown's speed?
0: I didn't check. I should have. Okay. Hopefully like 105. Uh, Lamb is 85. Lane Johnson, 92. Kenneth Murray, 87. Joe Mixon, 93. And your boy Trent Williams, a 99, baby. The highest rating. Yeah,
1: first offensive lineman ever to be... In the '99 Club, mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Did you see the Notre Dame uniform reveal? That was an homage to uh, the Hangover, dude. It was. Most of those videos are so corny that teams try to do, but it was. It was pretty awesome.
1: I have not seen it, it but I saw. Good. I saw people talking about it. I'll have to watch it over the break. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, you need to. It was pretty cool. Uh, two more things. Do you remember in the 2000 World Series? Roger Clemens is facing Mike Piazza, yeah, and the bat rolls out to Clemens, and he throws it at Piazza as he's roll, or, you know, running down first base. Joe Torre was on a, it was a radio or a podcast interview earlier this week, and he said that Roger Clemens was so upset by that that he he was crying after the game about that incident. Isn't it hard to imagine Roger Clemens crying about anything especially after he threw the, the bat at Mike Piazza. Uh, it, it sounded like it was one of those things where his emotions were just running so high that once he cooled off, that that's the emotion that, that came out.
1: I just went to YouTube and typed RO into the search, and it filled out Roger Clemens throws bat at Mike Piazza. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, well... I think it's probably one of those. Now, what, what was the result of that? Was he ejected? or what? Well, it
0: was a foul ball, I think, was the actual play. And then the t- t- two team, like I think Piazza stopped and stared at him. I don't think anyone got tossed from that, but Textline can correct me on that if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, because I'm just wondering, like, what would have him so upset, I, I guess. Um, it's a is a broken bat, a little foul ball to right field and i i don't know huh that's that's interesting
0: yeah last one i have um one of your old teammates has a son that's on campus today for an unofficial recruiting visit yeah Mike Hawkins, who played uh, defensive back, what year did he play defensive back here? 01, 02, somewhere o- right 02 around there? 02 or 03. Yeah. Um, he wasn't here very long, It doesn't feel like. He's got a son that's a four-star quarterback in the 2024 class. Mm-hmm. He's got an Alabama offer. He's got a Michigan offer. He's got an Arkansas offer. He's got some others as well. Sounds like they're really wanting that OU offer, and we'll see if he uh, gets it off of this visit, but just going into his junior season, thought of as one of the better quarterbacks in that class, and OU's in on him. It's
1: supposed to be a stud. And
0: right? he yeah, I mean those guys it it seems like they really want OU. So we'll we'll see how that winds up. But OU's in on a couple other elite quarterbacks in the twenty four class as well. So
1: I know uh I know Mike Hawkins was a super athletic dude. Super athletic super like confident and Aggressive, um, just like aggressive personality. So it's not shocking that he's got a, a son that's a really good athlete.
0: Yeah, right. And Mike played for the Packers.
1: Yeah, yes he, he did. He left
0: OU early, right?
1: He did, and I couldn't remember if he transferred somewhere out of OU and then – like, went to the draft early. I, I couldn't remember. There's something there. I don't remember exactly, like, what the timeline was. Um, but, yeah, that's right. All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next.
0: It is the rush live of the ref for the home suitor fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Layman, yes, thank you. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Mike Hawkins went to the Arena League, yes, and uh, eventually found his way in the NFL.
1: Yeah, so that, I guess that's how he got around the, um, uh, you know, the rule of how many years you've got to be removed from high school. Yeah, played for the uh,
0: Desperados, which wasn't the is that the Dallas Desperados, maybe. <sighs> Did you ever go to an OKC Yard Dogs game back in the day? We we went to uh, one Arena League game, and I got to say it was pretty awesome. They had a weird or unique overtime structure, and however far the game could go into overtime with the wacky rules, this Yard Dogs game – did that, and they ended up with It is actually pretty fun. Was, Anyone pretty on the cool.
1: field notable from either team? Well,
0: Tommy Grady
1: used to play. Yeah.
0: I I, can't, I think he was playing quarterback that, that night, actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think he, he played quarterback there for a while, didn't he? Or at least in the Arena League for yeah, a, a yeah, while.
0: I think he did. You are smiling coming out of that break. <laughs> did you watch that Notre Dame video?
1: I did. I watched the Notre Dame video. Um, I watched the Roger Clemens thing, too. I think he just – I don't think he meant to throw it at – Piazza, but he because the the broken back came out and he just grabbed it and like chunked it. And Piazza happened to be kind of running down to first and was like, what the hell? And then the bench is cleared, but ended up getting him out on a uh, little grounder to second. But you could tell, like he was like, "That's my bad." Yeah. I think he just felt bad yeah. about it. Well, smart move
0: by the Mets not to uh, trigger some sort of a fight; they would have lost uh, twice that night and uh, <laughs> twice in that series. Now yeah, it is a shot to you, Eric, the Mets fan.
1: But I did watch the Notre Dame thing; that is really well done.
0: Yeah, and you know Notre Dame has a uniform combo that you would think that their fans would get pissed when they change their uniforms, but. Those whites look pretty sweet, and I am sure every uniform idea they've had hasn't gone over well, but that's actually one that looks pretty good.
1: I they got me excited whenever they pulled the old uniform like the old nineties or eighties yeah. uniform out. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's gonna be cool. That's what
0: OU needs to do, just the mesh bike uniforms I from back it. in the day. I know it,
1: it'd be cool. Tear All right. away. Quick timeout, more from the rush coming up. We've got the final hour next.